0: We're beginning a new sermon series today entitled Christmas Playlist. And the the sermon titles for Christmas Playlist are Christmas songs. So the title of today's message is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Rudolph, somebody say, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Let me ask you a question: Who would you choose? to lead your team of reindeer. Uh, Let let me tell you, if you're Santa Claus, you're you're, you're choosing someone with experience. Uh, You're choosing someone with strength. Someone like Dasher or Dancer perhaps Donner or Blitzen. Let me tell you who you're not going to choose. You're not going to choose a little red-nosed reject named Rudolph. Uh, Rudolph was different. Rudolph was despised. They didn't let Rudolph play any, what, reindeer games. Rudolph was left out. Rudolph was a freak. Let that sink in for a minute. Rudolph was a freak. Nobody would have picked Rudolph to lead the sleigh. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, (laughs) see everything changed you see we get a glimpse in that story of how God chooses misfits and freaks let me ask you this amen who would you choose for the Orangeburg eight nine and ten year old all-star team For soccer, who would you choose? Well, I had the privilege of, after the season was over, sitting down with the other four coaches, going through the list of players, and I noticed as the meeting was going on that we had put down all boys. Uh, There were a number of girls who were playing soccer, including my daughter, and I said, should we put a few girls on the all-star team? And it was quiet for about half a second. And one of the other coaches said, We want to win. I was overruled. This is how the world works. This is how the world works, even for eight, nine, and 10 year olds. But let me tell you some good news today God chooses the overlooked, and God chooses the unlikely. All right, let's bring it in a little closer. Who would you choose to make the biggest spiritual impact? Who would you choose to make the biggest spiritual impact? Maybe you would think of someone like T.D. Jakes, or someone like Francis Chan, or someone like Priscilla Shirer, or maybe Tim Keller, but I'll tell you who you wouldn't pick. I'll tell you who you wouldn't pick. You wouldn't pick a bunch of Drug addicts. A few years ago, I was volunteering at the Overcomers Center, which is a 27 week residential addiction recovery center up in Greenville. And I was volunteering uh, as a chapel speaker. And so every Thursday morning, I would get up early and go into the chapel at the uh, Overcomers Center. And, and as I walked in early, about 15 minutes early, the room was already packed. 50 to 60 men who are overcoming their addictions to alcohol and drugs and other, other uh, life-altering addictions. Chapel began right at 7 o'clock and one of the men came up to the front as as we were waiting and he he stood right at 7 o'clock and he said, good morning, good morning. It was this huge, loud good morning. And then he said, all right, first of all, we're going to take some prayer requests. Are there any prayer requests? And as soon as he said, are there any prayer requests? I kid you not, every single hand in the room shot up like that. Now, if I asked that question this morning, we might sit here for a minute. Maybe. In the typical church, maybe we're not typical. But in the typical church, you ask for prayer requests and finally someone feels bad and they're like, okay, my aunt broke her hip, you know, or something like that. Which we need to pray for aunts with hip problems, of course. But y'all, I was blown away. The first time I was there at the Overcomer Center to see every hand shoot up with a prayer request, it said something to me. It said that these brothers understand their need for God's help. They understand their need for God's mercy. They understand their need, period. And if you want to choose somebody to make the biggest spiritual impact, you don't choose the people who keep their hands down. You, keep, you choose the person who knows their need, who's raising their hand, who's saying, I need help. I need Jesus. Maybe that's you this morning. Because God loves to choose failures and addicts. Who would you choose to save the world? The rich, the powerful Jeff Bezos the strong the intelligent the political activist the revolutionary I'll tell you who you wouldn't choose you wouldn't choose a little girl from an insignificant town in the backwoods of Israel that's who you wouldn't choose but brothers and sisters boys and girls that is exactly who God chose to save the world God chose a little girl named Mary to be the mother of Jesus, the Messiah. And look, think about it, Mary had nothing to offer. She had no skills, she had no reputation, she had, definitely had no money, she had no network, and the one thing she really needed, she didn't have a husband. So God sent His messenger, Gabriel, to tell this young girl the unbelievable news that though she was a virgin, she would miraculously conceive and give birth to a son. She didn't even have what she needed to do what God was calling her to do. And and, and the angel said to her, he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high God. He will be the Savior of the world. That's what the name Jesus means. That he will be the Savior of the world. You see, God chooses the poor and the insignificant and the incapable of this world to bring his kingdom to earth. And when when Mary received this incredible news, she responded to God's message to her. First with disbelief. How is it going to be? Let me explain it. I can't really explain it. (laughs) How is it going to be? And then she writes the following lyrics. The following lyrics that celebrate God's mercy and God's justice. That celebrate God's love for people just like her. People like you. And people like me. Here's Mary's lyrics. Her song. This is found in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And Mary sang, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. We're going to press pause right there and talk about that. Magnify the Lord with, magnify my soul, magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She repeats this phrase, my soul, my spirit. She's saying with my entire being, I'm giving praise to God. I'm over, why would you choose me? I'm overflowing with praise to God. She's repeating this this soul and spirit. Her entire being is filled. She's in wonder. She's amazed at God. See, this song is rooted in Mary's personal faith in God. See, she may not have had money or experience or the skills that was necessary for what God was calling her, but she did have faith. Look what she says. She says, God, whose Savior? God My Savior. God, my Savior. Mary knows her position. She knows that she's not qualified for this task. She knows her need of a Savior. Someone to rescue her. She knows her own sin. She knows her own heart of rebellion against God that's in every one of us. Don't get it twisted. Mary wasn't some perfect person. Okay, that's the whole point. She wasn't some some perfect person that God chose because they were perfect. No, she says, God, my Savior, because Mary knows that she needs a Savior. See, that's where she's starting from, a position of a humble need. She's like every single guy in that overcomer center who raised their hand and said, my Savior, my Savior. And that's the cry for each one of us today. Is is, is he your Savior? Is he your Savior? See, Mary is magnifying God because God is magnifying her. Why would God choose her? It makes no sense. And so she's in awe. She understands she's unworthy. She understands that she's poor. And so she would sing with the the hymn writer who says, Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, Just die for me. You know, if you've lost that awe and that wonder that God would choose you, that God would bring you into his family, then you need to pay attention to this story of Mary. She understands that because of God's mercy in her life, future generations will call her blessed. I mean, we're talking about her today. This nobody from the backwoods of Israel. Why? Because of God's mercy. Because of her unique and, and blessed position of bearing a child who would bear the weight of the world's sins on his shoulder. God shows mercy to Mary. And she responds with awe. She responds with praise. And she responds with Fear, She says that, that mercy comes to those who fear God. And look, fear doesn't mean that you're scared. Fear in this context means that you honor, that you show reverence, that you acknowledge, that you really worship God. What is worship? It's coming before the feet of God and just posturing yourself before Him. That you're in need of Him. You're, you're giving Honor And you're giving credit where credit is due. Worshipping Him. Fearing Him. Acknowledging Him. Reverencing Him. It's the humble who receive mercy. The humble who receive mercy. And this mercy not only comes, but it comes not only with mercy but with justice. Listen to the rest of her song. This is where her song gets real. Listen to this. Verse 51. He has shown strength with his arm. Who's she she talking about? God her Savior. God my Savior. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich. He has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. She says, not only does God show mercy to the humble, but he brings justice to to the humble. He brings justice to the humble. And look what she says over and over. Did you, did you catch it? What does she repeat over and over? Is it still on the screen? He. What does it say? He has. What does it say after that? He. Come on. Has. He. 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 He, he she says it seven or eight times. He has, he has, he has, he has. Mary is so confident in what God has promised. It hasn't even happened yet. Jesus has not even been born yet. All she has is God's promise. And she speaks of it in the past tense. He has he has mary is like a jazz musician riffing on god's mercy and god's justice she says he has shown strength with his arm he has scattered the proud he has brought down the mighty from their thrones he has exalted those of humble estate he has filled the hungry with good things he has sent the rich away empty he has helped his servant israel he has he has he has He has. I was reading a a commentary of this passage, and I was reading a commentary by uh, Tokumbo Adiamo. He is an African biblical scholar. And and, and as I was reading his words, he was emphasizing the the radical nature of Mary's lyrics, especially in the socio-political climate of the Roman Empire. Here's a young woman, a nobody, a peasant. Writing a song about the mighty being brought down from their thrones. About the hungry, a very real problem in her day, being filled with good things. Here's what Adiemo says in his commentary. He says, Mary's song praises God's liberating actions on behalf of women and other exploited people whose rights are daily violated. In the transformed social and economic order of God's kingdom, violence is overthrown. Food is provided for the hungry. And in the spiritual realm, the focus is on the might and the holiness and the mercy of God, who has promised solidarity with those who suffer. You see, Mary is talking not only about God's mercy, but about his justice. And what does that mean? That God is going to make it right. God is, the things that are wrong, God is going to make it right. And so when God brings salvation, it's not just for me personally, but it's for what God is doing through us in this world and what God is ultimately going to do in his kingdom. Where the hungry will receive good things. Where the rich, those in power now, who lord it over and who oppress, are going to be cast down. They're going to be cast down. When God brings salvation, it disrupts everything. This is the kingdom of God that you and I are called into. It's the upside down kingdom where all stars are made up of the underestimated. Where the leaders of the team are the rejects. Where the prayer warriors and the spiritual leaders are the recovering addicts. And where the poor uh, nobodies are called blessed for generations. This is the kingdom of God. This is what God is doing at Christmas. So what? What does this mean for us? You probably already have some things to take away, right? But let me just share two ideas with you of things that we can take from this scripture today. The first is this. Magnify the Lord in your heart. That's where it starts, right? Mary says, God, my Savior. And so the first thing we should do is we should magnify the Lord in our heart. What does magnify mean? It means to take a closer look. Well, that's what you've got to do. You've got to take a closer look at the Lord. You've got to magnify Him. You've got to get behind that microscope and look into the Lord. Look into who He is. Spend time. Look, you can't do this on your parents' backs. Uh, it's not up to your parents or some spiritual leader, your pastor. To do this for you, you have to go to the Word. You have to go to the Lord in prayer and magnify the Lord. You have to magnify the Lord. Take a close look at the Lord. What you don't know is that Mary's song includes references to, I don't know, a dozen scriptures. Psalm 34, Psalm 35, Psalm 98, Psalm 103, Psalm 107, 118, 132, Job chapter 12, Micah chapter 1, 1 Samuel chapter 2, Isaiah 53, 2 Samuel chapter 22. Mary might be poor, she might be insignificant, but that girl knew her Bible. That girl knew her Bible, she knew her Lord. She knew her Lord, she, and that's why her song is an overflow of what she knows about God. It, it, this is not an emotional-only experience. This is an exposition of God's Word in the song. She is expositing God's Word, she's bringing to light God's Word. She's, she's gathering everything she knows about God, and she's bringing it into this song of praise, the song of mercy, and the song of justice. She's saying, this is who God is, and I'm praising Him for who He is. Brothers and sisters, that is how you magnify the Lord in your heart. You go into God's Word. You learn God's Word. You meditate on God's Word. You take it in so that in the moment that you get crazy news, uh in the moment you get crazy news, you can exposit God's Word. Uh, It will just come flowing out of you. Magnify the Lord in your heart. Believe in your heart who God is revealed to be in the Bible. Especially in the person of Jesus Christ. In the fullness of time, God sent his son to be born by a virgin Mary. To come under the law to live a life that we were supposed to live. He lived it. And as you read and you meditate about Jesus and his life and his death, which was an atoning death, a sacrificial death, we read it earlier that that greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. That is what Jesus did. He laid down his life for us so that we could have mercy, so that we could be like those addicts and like that Rudolph who, who are able to say, I wasn't that great, but God chose me. I didn't bring nothing to God, but God chose me. Glory be His name. So listen, magnify. Take a close look at the Lord in your heart. And then secondly, magnify the Lord with your life. And I would say this, magnify the Lord with our life. Because the kingdom of God is not just about you, it's about us. I love the story of Rudolph. I don't know if you all have seen the movie, the old, the old movie. You know, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Because in that story, the, 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 there's this line where there's this line of story where where Rudolph uh, is basically saving the day. You know, because there's a winter storm, a blizzard, and, and 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 they go and they find the island of misfit toys. All right. The island of misfit toys, Anna, you and I have talked about this, right? The island of misfit toys is where all the reject toys end up. The ones that were broken, or you know, maybe they weren't they didn't quite have all the parts that they needed. (laughs) And so they were sent to this island of misfit toys to live out their days in boredom. But it turns out that the island of misfit toys was actually a place of redemption. it was a place where when uh, Rudolph and I believe Santa, or it wasn't Santa, it was the dentist, whatever his name is. He, they came and they were able to take these toys, these rejects, and they're the ones that saved Christmas. And I've always thought, man, that's the church. The church is an island of misfit toys. If that offends you, you're in the wrong building. <laughs> The church is the island of misfit toys. And and it starts right up here. Misfit toys. And so when God says magnify the Lord with your life, with our life. It means that God doesn't need your ability to use you. He doesn't need your ability to use you. He will give you everything you need. Uh, If God God can give Mary a baby who's never known a man, that's a miracle. God can do anything with us. What do we have to do? Humble ourselves. What do we have to do? Look around and see where does God want to bring his mercy in this world? Where does God want to make it right? Where does God want to bring justice in this world? And then we get to go. We get to be those people. We get to bring God's salvation to the world. That's who we get to be, brothers and sisters. Magnify the Lord with your life. Don't be afraid to to walk in His ways. Don't be afraid to say what needs to be said. Don't be afraid to do what needs to be done. I mean, look around. See what God what opportunities God puts in front of you and then take action. Trust him. Walk in that magnification. Magnify him with your life. It, because at the end of the day, it's not about us. It's not about what, who we are, our fame, our fortune. America is so backwards to the kingdom of God. We live in a celebrity culture where everything is about getting your name out there. I mean, think, I mean even the, the nobody can become a celebrity today. Because of their platforming. They platform who? Themselves. And they become... But what we, do, we don't do that as Christians. We don't platform ourselves. We platform the Lord. We platform the Lord. And so when we serve together, when we go together and we bring mercy and we bring God's justice to this world, we do it to give glory to Him. We don't need New City Fellowship to be famous let me say that again we don't need new city fellowship to be famous we want jesus to be famous and that's why he chose a bunch of misfits like us right because we don't have what it takes to be famous we really don't and that's good that's good it's very good magnify the lord with your life magnify the lord in your heart Let me leave you with this. Are you overlooked? Are you unlikely to get picked? Are you a misfit or a freak? Are you a failure or an addict? Are you poor? Are you insignificant and incapable? God wants to choose you. God wants to choose you so that you can magnify the Lord in your heart and with our life. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for the fact that you chose Mary. That you chose someone like us. Who's a misfit. Who doesn't bring anything except a humble, willing heart. A heart of faith and fear, of reverence and love. God, I pray that this body would truly magnify you. That, that, that even today, as we think about this God, of who you, what you've been telling us right now, that that would cause our hearts to just zoom in on you. And be so grateful for who you are. That you are not the God that the world wants to caricature you as. But you are the God of mercy and justice. You are the God who calls misfits and addicts to be your people. To do your will. So Lord, help us help us as we go in this power help us as we go in your spirit help us to cling to Jesus our savior and it's in his name that we pray amen amen man god is good god is good hallelujah he calls he calls people like us so be encouraged, be encouraged, be encouraged and, and, and magnify the Lord with me. Can we do that as we sing now, as we've meditated on God, who he is? Let's, let's respond to that in song. Let's sing together.